Welcome to the Champagne Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bronze, a lover of God, life, and all things sparkly. I'll be your tour guide on this journey as we learn how to successfully navigate the effervescent flow of a full, beautiful champagne life where every day is a day worth celebrating. So if you're ready, let's dive in and ride this wave together. Cheers. Welcome to the Champagne Life Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Our guest today, the Honorable Judge Javen Patton. Or just Javen Patton. Okay, or just Javen. But uh, we are so excited to have you. And I will admit, this is a very special guest, one of my best friends. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so excited to have you. I'm so excited that you even considered me as a guest and an option. So I can't wait to get into this conversation. Well, when I talk about the champagne life, we're talking about a life worth celebrating. Definitely on the outside end and kind of having an inside scoop, I know that your life is one that is worth celebrating. So we are just going to dive right in. And well, everything's better with bubbles. So. <laughs> Everything is better with bubbles. <laughs> Cheers. And we do um, have champagne, guys. <laughs> just, just, just a just little, a you know, just for the toast, just for the just cheers. At the end. Yes. So, Javen, tell us about your journey going from Javen to Judge Javen. So I'm from Birmingham, born and raised, went to high school here, the School of Fun Arts. Yes. Um, Club Marquettes. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> High school. <laughs> I was a dance major at the School of Fine Arts, which I will say, looking back, I was not thoroughly excited about getting accepted there, which sounds crazy, but all of my friends were going to Ramsey, so I wanted to go to Ramsey. I wanted to go to Ramsey. My parents did not let me go to Ramsey. See? See? <laughs> my parents were not in favor of that idea. And I will say it was one of the best decisions they could have ever made for me. It set me on an amazing path. The School of Fine Arts fed into me in a way that I could not have imagined. Um, And I will say is the ultimate setup for my education later on. So I left the School of Fine Arts and went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Roll Tide? Where I majored in political science. Um, And from there went to Thurgood Marshall School of Law in Houston, Texas, and uh, got my Juris doctorate there. Yes. Um, and always knew that I wanted to come back to Alabama. Alabama's where I'm from, and I've always wanted to contribute to the community that I grew up in. Um, and so I started practicing at the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office. Was there for several years and had an opportunity to move back to Birmingham. So when that opportunity knocked on the door, I answered. And came back to Birmingham. We were glad to have you back. I was glad to have my bestie back. Oh, I was glad to be here. Montgomery is the capital, but I will say there is no place like home. I love Birmingham. Um, And so I was encouraged and excited when I had an opportunity to move back and do the same job that I had grown to love. Um, It felt like a a crime fighter. Um, So I got to do it here as well. And so I served the citizens of Jefferson County. As a prosecutor at the district attorney's office. Yes, that um, was a big deal. That was a big deal. You're brushing over all of these big things. You told me to explain my transitions. (laughs) You're right. And I'm going to go back because I just want to talk through this a little bit. Um, The journey into ASPA as a dancer, 
I'm being accepted. I've been a dance teacher for a really long time. I've taught a lot of people dance. So I know even the feat to be accepted into the program at ASFA, not only is the, the educational aspect very rigorous, you know, this is tough, but also just the the competition to get in as a dancer. Do you remember what that feeling was like when you do, when you recognize now how big of a deal that was? I recognize that, you know, I was in the extreme minority in my audition class, um, in the extreme minority when I was accepted as a dancer, um, as a member of the dance department, as well as a African-American in the school, in my senior class, or as a whole, I think there were maybe like 50 some odd people in my graduating class, and maybe 2% of us were black. Um, but that was just all a part of the experience. As a right. teenager, you don't really understand what's going on. But I will say the School of Fine Arts helped to mold and shape me as an individual. It helped me to expand um, my base of knowledge and my willingness to see other perspectives um, and to be interested in other thoughts and ideas and to know that just because people are different doesn't mean that that's bad. It is something to be celebrated. We all have individual spirits, and that should be poured and fed into. Right. Um, but it also gave me a sense of perspective and a level of maturity that when I got to the University of Alabama, I realized others didn't have. So at the School of Fine Arts, we were in school from 8 to 4.30. Um, and it was very much, you all are little adults. This is your curriculum. Make the best of it. Right. Um, because there are some people who live on campus. There are people that live school, on campus right? in high school. So there, there is a responsibility there that I think that a lot of teenagers do not have. And so there was a growth and maturity that people don't experience, in my opinion, until college that... That you blew through in three years. Stop that. We, we're not there yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> that I had an opportunity to experience in high school. And so I, I thank my parents for that. That was an amazing um, opportunity, although I did not realize at the time. I felt like they were just pulling me away from my friends. Yeah, same um, thing here. I didn't, my parents wanted me to go to Homewood. And no offense, I just, I'm like, Ramsey was the fun school. I that's wanted where everybody to, went. It was the, where the cool kids went. I wanted to be cool. But I do remember, like, being a member of the Homewood Band and being a Star Spangled Girl, being able to go to Ireland my 10th grade year as a part of that. The parents, they have the wisdom that we did not recognize. I, so I, I don't want to admit that, that <laughs> but that is the truth. Right. And I am very appreciative for that. Um, I think that that did set me on a positive career path and, yes. and helped me to develop myself and my ability to believe in the fact that I could do any or everything that I wanted to right. do. So parents, you guys hear that. Even though your kids, they're not going to like it. They're going to fuss about it. Send you're, them. You're, you, the you're the parent for a reason. You know, you know best. Okay, so now we're at Bama. You ran through there in, in three years. Uh, not ran through, but, you know, Thurgood Marshall. So now you're back in Birmingham, and you're a prosecutor, which my friend had a badge, y'all. She was very official. Tell us about some of those experiences to now get you to where you are. Um, had an amazing time at the DA's office. I experienced a family environment at work, like one I had never experienced before. I guess I would not have because I'd never had a, you know, a career. Um, had a couple of people take me under their wing and actually encourage me and help me to develop my skills as an attorney. And just, again, expanding my thought process and my, my ability to want to give back to the community um, in ways that I never really thought that I would. But 
got a little restless after several years and decided I wanted to do something different, um, but I still wanted to work in government. I still wanted to make sure that I was kind of giving back to the community in some way, so I went to the city of Birmingham and worked as um, an assistant city attorney for the city of Birmingham. And instead of doing criminal work like I did the prosecutor's office, um, I did civil work. Okay. So I went to federal court and defended police officers in 1983 cases and defended the city of Birmingham in civil suits okay. and in state court and enjoyed that as well. It was being pulled in different directions. Um, it really kind of started soul searching and praying and trying to de determine am I going to be in a job where I retire because that's what you're encouraged to do. You, you right. go to school, you get a job, you work there 25, 30 years. Right. You get retire and you, yeah. get some pearls <laughs> or a gold watch or whatever it is that, you know, that job affords you. Um, but wasn't content and felt restless and had a, a revelation, maybe. <laughs> so, so let's jump to that. Let's jump to that. When you thought or decided that you were going to run for judge, I can't even remember when you told me. I'm like, oh, I think I was kind of like, oh, my gosh. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, yeah, this this makes perfect sense. If anybody... I think everybody had a similar reaction, including me. God, you've got to be kidding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this this is not who I am. This is not the life I want. Um I am very intentionally kind of closed off in private. I enjoy my my space and my energy, and I am being pulled in a direction where my comfort is no longer my priority. Right. Um, I have to step outside of my box and be something bigger than I can imagine. And let me say this. You said, like, it's not who you are, but I think that it's a perfect fit. Don't believe that. Absolutely. It absolutely. Is, which is why you're there. That's a note to your listeners. <laughs> it is an absolute, it is a perfect fit. What was outside of the norm was who you had to become to campaign to be in that position, I think, which is where the private and the closed up, closed off part is, because everything else about the position is kind of who you naturally are. I will say that I have learned in life you are ever-evolving and ever-changing. Right. And because of that, what you once thought or perceived about yourself needs to evolve and change as well. Right. So to be in a space where I just want to go to work, do my job, get paid, go home, um, should not be, cannot be who you continue to be in life because you're not growing. So when you get pulled in directions or when you get ideas or feelings or thoughts or that inner voice, um, my personal belief, it's God speaking to you. And you need to tune in and pay attention to that. And if you are what you are professing to be, as difficult as it can be, give up that sense of self and look for purpose through divine intervention. And so I will say that that is the only reason that I ran um, because just naturally as an individual running for office is not something that I would have necessarily chosen to do. I did it and have loved every single minute since I was elected, not necessarily like the running part. Yeah, well that was that was tough. The campaigning part, one thing that I definitely think in politics in general that makes it not appealing to me is the campaigning because you see these things and you hear these things and people's lives it is a fishbowl. 
It is a fish bowl. I think it since college, I've always been bowl. like, oh, my gosh, I did what? Oh, yeah, I can't never run for <laughs> <laughs> It is a fish bowl. And I don't mean it's an aquarium where one side's blocked off. It is a fish bowl. People right. want to know you. And right. they're owed that. They're owed. To a certain degree. Uh, they're owed a yeah. sense of who you are. Right. You know, you're saying these things. I want to see the person that's saying this, do you really believe that you're going to make a difference? Do you really believe that it's important for little African-American girls to see the possibilities of what they can become? Is it, is that who you are? Or is that just a cute catchphrase? So right. there's a, a need to relinquish a little bit of your um, anonymity in order to expose yourself to, to real life because right. you are in positions of political power. You have, the ability to make decisions about people's everyday lives. That can affect a, a whole lot of people's securities, their stability, livelihoods, their freedom. I mean, Everything. there's Everything. so many things. That kind of takes me to the next question for you. It's You've been on my mind a lot. In these past several months, the um, difficulty of trying to do your job in a, a COVID, you know, now Zoom world, has right? My- Best friend. <laughs> right, which I know that's also something that you don't like. Y'all don't ever try to FaceTime Javen. What she's not going to do <laughs> is be on camera I and answer the phone. Like, and, and being so, on camera. But even more than that, now you've had this exposure, you're in this fishbowl, and now everything is heightened because of the pandemic that we're in because there's this is an election year goodness you've always been great about keeping your composure about keeping your feelings you know neutral especially when it matters and i just want to know how have how has that worked for you during this time how have you managed to stay neutral and grounded when i know there have been things in the media grounded? i feel like i'm holding a balloon flying oh, in the air oh most days it's trust me we're you're grounded we're, <laughs> the champagne life we're looking you're in there and you're shining so tell us how you keep that i have been afforded an awesome responsibility um so i have to keep that in perspective and the responsibility i have been afforded is to apply the law as it is written <laughs> in jefferson county I'm not, my job is not to make the law. It is to apply the law as written to specific and particular fact patterns and situations. And I keep that as my focus. I have a personality and I have an opinion about a lot of things that are going on in the world, but that's not, that's not my job. That is what I get to do in my off time. That is the experiences I get to have with my friends and talk about with them. But the bench is not for that. Everybody walks in on an equal playing field and is judged according to the laws as written in the state of Alabama. So you just have to keep perspective about what you're, that's what I was, that's what I was elected to do. I was not elected to the grandstand and make political statements that I would sometimes like to make. Have I ever told you you remind me of Queen Elizabeth? (laughs) (laughs) I just watched The Crown, so I'm not really sure how I feel about that. No, she's amazingly poised um, (laughs) in the face of adversity, a little cold, I will say. You are not you are not cold because I get to know amazingly poised and present 
um, and proper. And, and proper. Oh, you're always proper. Yeah. And thoughtful. Yeah, well. And thoughtful, though. She thinks through decisions and the decisions are made based on the information. But that is an appropriate way to handle those roles. And I do mean that not in the cold way, but in the way of handling things in a manner that I don't think that I personally can do. And I think that's why I admire that I'm a very emotional person, which is why I could never pursue my love of the law because I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense. This isn't right. Listen, (laughs) I get it, but I, I wasn't elected to be emotional. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're exactly where you're supposed to be. be. Fair. So I I make it a point to be fair in face of everything that's going on. I make sure that the law is my God and not my individual and personal feelings towards things. Okay. Days where you're feeling like, oh, this was a rough day, or how do you get back? How do you bounce back to Javen? How do you bounce back? Or even sometimes even just withdraw from all of that noise in being in the law and oh, being in that. this is the champagne life. But no. <laughs> um, so I have, you know, I have. Besides champagne, yeah. How do you withdraw? <laughs> And there is nothing wrong at home when you're not driving. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and when you're a, of age. A glass of champagne or To celebrate three, making it through the day. To celebrate making it through the day. Um, I remain prayerful. I go to the gym. I have learned that exerting physical energy for me is a great release. It's a When I can't breathe, I can't think. I have an amazing spin class that I go to, and they make sure that I can't breathe, um, so I can't overprocess and overthink. Right. I can just relax and be me, and for one second, tap out of real life and tap into nothing. I don't meditate well. My brain is always moving. Right. Um, literally, when I can't breathe, I can't think. The limits that I set for myself, I am pushed past that in these classes, and I can't focus on anything else but inhaling. Right. Um, that's a relief for me. I'm able to relax and just exist for a moment in time. So I, I will say that exercises definitely help. I like reality TV. That is my guilty pleasure. I'm I can't think way. of a reality show that <laughs> I am not tapped into, and it's because I get to watch somebody else's yeah, somebody else's life for a you little know? bit. And it's it's not something that's on... not me. Right. It's something that's not real because we all know right. that reality TV is scripted. Not real. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's entertaining. It is entertaining. Um, and I enjoy reading and reading fiction. Every now and then I'll throw in a nonfiction book. Um, the Bible is on my list. It is just not the easiest read. Right. Um, but something that is necessary and it also keeps me grounded because there are miracles in every page. Right. Um, and I find information and thoughts and ideas that I'd never considered before, but reading, exercise, and the champagne life. I mean, oh, yeah. gotta have the champagne life. I used to travel, but until COVID's over, well, there's that's you know. that's okay. We're planning our trips now. That's so, twenty twenty two. I can't wait. The, <laughs> that yacht trip is coming. It's coming. <laughs> I champagne need it. life. Hold on. So before we sign off, what is your tip for an effervescent flow of life? How do you survive the waves of life? I think that it is important to stay prayerful, to stay grounded, and stay committed to your plan and your purpose. And in that, one has to remember that it's your plan and it's your purpose. And so everybody may not buy into it initially or pour into it or feed into it. It's not for everybody. It is for you. So if you work hard 
and are dedicated and are mindful of what you are supposed to be doing and you are supposed to be contributing to this world, it's a lot easier to get through because we all are experiencing difficult times. But I think the last eight months has been an opportunity for us to stop, get grounded, and get refocused on what we're supposed to be doing in life and how we're supposed to be contributing to society, whether that be our neighborhood, our city, our county, our state, the United States, or to the world. Um, We're all supposed to be pouring back into the community that poured into us. And so if you stay focused and committed on your path and your purpose, regardless of the noise um, on the outside, then I think that we can all be more successful and more dedicated to the purpose of life. This has been an awesome, awesome time. And thank you so much for coming thank you for and, having me. and sharing with us. We know there must be more coming if you. Unfortunately, I think there is. I'm uh-huh. not sure what. We'll just promise that you'll come and share it with us. We'll come back. I cannot and wait. I'm excited about it. Right. But we have to toast, right? This is uh, Champagne Life. Yes. So a toast, toast to a 2020 that we did not expect and a 2021 that is going to be bigger and better amazing yes 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 yes, cheers to the champagne life cheers cheers today's episode of the champagne life podcast is brought to you by bronze hippie lifestyle Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bronze Hippie Lifestyle or visit us at www.bronzehippie.com where we move to the beat of our soul. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Champagne Life. Be sure to like, download, share, review, and subscribe. Also visit us at achampagnelife.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Champagne Life Podcast. Until next time, cheers.